Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace with your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm your host today, Tina Winchester, and I'd like to thank all of our regular listeners for your support. And for those who are listening for the first time, you're very welcome. Careers and Mental Health Conversations is brought to you by the Career Development Centre and Mentally Well Workplaces. And our focus is on sharing stories, strategies and education around all things relating to mental health. And with our focus on mental health of employees and supporting employers and business owners to create and sustain mentally well workplaces. If you are enjoying the podcast series, please do remember to leave us a review so that more people can find us. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. We're joined today by Mark Varitimos and Mark is from Core Health Coaching to talk about a holistic approach to good mental health and well-being. Holistic lifestyle coaching achieves optimal wellness through an integrated approach, combining and balancing physical, mental, emotional and spiritual sides. It recognises that our mind and body are not separate entities and as a result, they use exercise, nutrition and lifestyle changes for clients' health solutions to obtain the best results. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Tina. Thank you for that uh, introduction. It felt a bit it felt a bit staged, but I didn't want to miss anything on there. So we can relax now. That's right. No, I like the introduction. Very good. Very good. Fabulous. Welcome to our little cottage. Um, so Mark, let me find out a little bit about you before we talk about um all things to do with mental health and physical health and how we can keep well. So are you from Brisbane? Yes, I am. I uh, was born in Brisbane, grew up in Brisbane, um, did all my schooling here and also did university here. So I've got a Bachelor of Commerce and a Bachelor of Economics from the University of Queensland. Right. Um, so as soon as I finished that, I packed my bags for London and worked in the banking and finance industry there for two and a half years. Did you? So how did you find London? Did you like it? Yeah, I did actually. I mean, you know, I was in my early to mid twenties, yeah, and so just right. absolutely loved it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, saw just, lots of pubs and clubs. Yeah, and- just so much experiences um, that that we don't have firsthand in Australia at the time. So yeah, phenomenal experience. You know, met some phenomenal people, um, and it really helped with growth and development in a lot of different areas. Yeah, um, just to even go out there and just to fend for yourself. You know, move out of your parents' house and fend for yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of lessons there. For sure, we're yeah. just changing country is a massive. Even if you know it's temporary, it's yeah. massive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and there's so many countries to see there as well. Yeah, did you travel much for out yeah, of London? I, I think I did. Oh, you know, you count this stuff when you're younger, but I think I did like something like thirteen or fourteen countries in the two and a half years I was there. So, you know, weekend trips and and whatnot. Yeah, Fabulous. yeah, it was it was really good fun. Yeah, I kind of miss that a little bit actually. About not, you know, I don't miss much from the UK as mm. most people that know me know that I, I haven't been back in twelve years. But the thing I do miss is that opportunity to hop on a train and go into like we lived in uh, Ashford in Kent, where the international train yeah, station Kent's is. Nice. Yeah. So we jump on the train and, yeah. and go to to Paris for the weekend, or yeah. go to Barcelona or Brussels or whatever. Yeah, sure. I think it just um, depends where you are in your life and, and what you want in the end. Yeah. You know, you know, back then in my early twenties, I wanted a lot of life. Yeah. And cool. now I just want a lifestyle, like yeah. a, a lifestyle that suits my needs. Uh, and so, you know, lived in London for two and a half years, came back, um, lived in Brisbane uh, for a year, keep working the uh, banking and finance industry, and then moved down to Sydney for over six years, uh, okay. also also working in the same industry. Yeah. So um, I've got about 10 years banking and finance experience, uh, and Sydney's a fantastic city as well. Um, but 
Yeah, I'd say around about, you know, two years before I resigned from the industry, two to three years, I just got really interested in holistic health and really started applying some of these principles and just saw some excellent results in my own health with some ailments, um, not only injuries, but other ailments that, that I'd been, um, that I'd had and just healing it uh, with a holistic approach. And all of a sudden I sort of found my family members and friends asking me for advice around nutrition and, and exercise and whatnot. And I think it's, um, then I just felt a calling. I felt a calling to to pursue the industry. Um, and, you know, it's very – and I was actually lucky. I worked for some excellent corporates. And it's very easy to leave a difficult situation. It is harder to leave a good situation. So – but the calling was so strong that I had to leave. Um, and that's, that's how it sort of came about. So I ended up resigning. Uh, I took six months off. I actually took a few, a few more – I think it was about 10 months off in the end. Um, uh, but I lived for six months in Greece, which is which is the um, – which is the country of my like heritage, right? Uh, and then really just kept coming back to me. Hey, look, you got to go into this industry. This is this is your calling and this yeah. is your passion. So I've been coaching clients now for about three and a half years, yeah. Uh, and it's just been a phenomenal journey and learnt a lot. Was it so? It didn't feel like a um, like a scary leap going from something that you knew so well and had worked in for so long, and then going into a, a, a which was pretty much a new industry. You just felt this this pull to do it. Yeah, I'd say it was a combination of a calling and and then you first get the well, – I first got the calling and then you kind of ignore it. Yeah. Uh, and then it just keeps coming back stronger to the point where it can't be ignored. Yeah. Um, and it does. It does take a leap of faith. Like you've got to work through some of your own blockages to get there. Yeah. Um, you've got to work through many fears um, to get there. Um, but, you know, I love the challenges. That's where the growth is. Yeah, uh, so sure. more than happy to throw myself off a cliff at any time and just really um, – see it as an amazing growth and learning opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you did make that, that leap, how did you go and, and do uh, some more study and that kind of thing to, to yeah. get yourself ready? Yeah, sure. So um, I have uh, did my qualified personal training certificate and I've also done advanced study with um, organizations throughout the world. Right. Um, so, you know, the personal training's um, sort of like generally just a basic exercise sort of stuff but I knew I wanted to coach people and this was um, a way into doing that yeah. uh, and then I've now studied holistic lifestyle coaching courses um, I've studied a myriad of other courses to help people heal as well for those people that don't understand what a holistic approach to health is can you kind of give us a bit of a summary of that yeah sure so I would say it's um Really healing from the inside out um, and really um, looking at, as you said in your introduction, the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual bodies. Uh, and by healing from the inside out, then ailments generally go away. The body will heal itself. Um, you know, sick people or people that are constantly sick aren't generally healthy people. So it's just around, hey, look, if you can get yourself healthy, then a lot of these ailments will go away. Mm. So it's just around um, what we do is just apply or coach clients where they may be deficient. So we're going to go through some principles today. Um, and some clients just may be deficient in certain areas. So for example, like a simple one might be sleep and someone might be like, oh, I can survive on six hours sleep a night, oh, but I've got this, this and that. And it's like, hey, let's try and get seven or eight hours sleep a night. Mm. They're like, oh, wow, actually that made a massive difference. And that could be it. Yeah. Um, but it can also be nutritional, can also be, are you getting enough exercise? So it's just around um, looking at the body as an entire system 
and a system that all works together and integrative um, and, and trying to heal where, where someone might be deficient, that's all. And so you'll do a, a, a thorough assessment of, of all of those areas of a person's life with them and then work with them to identify where the gaps might be and where the deficiencies might be? Yeah, spot on. So um, with all clients, it's around um, they will fill out questionnaires, like a beginner-level questionnaire, and then we've got you know loads of other questionnaires mm. like just lined up once they, once they get um, through the initial one. So the initial one is just literally around basic nutrition, stress, um, sleep patterns mm. um, and then there's some questions in there around level of activity uh, and then that will bring out a bar chart of sorts where hey look are you in the green zone the orange zone or the red zone so where clients are in the red zone we just try and coach them into the green zone mm-hmm. um, you know it can be easier said than done uh, and then we've got other things around hey look I'm in the green zone I'm feeling a bit better but I'm not quite where I want to be and then that's when we go a little bit more specific in hey look where do you want to be and then we can we've got other sort of assessments for that as well and do you find that that there are particular areas of holistic approach that people are more willing to engage in than others so you change it sleep hygiene for example is a fairly easy fix or it should be a fairly easy fix if you yeah, don't sure. have a significant physical or mental health issue that's impacting on yeah. sleep but yeah, yeah. understanding the importance of you know seven to nine hours a night um, of uninterrupted good quality sleep mm. those kinds of things and, mm. and how much that can improve people seem to be far more willing to um, uh, appreciate the change that could come from that as opposed to following the Mediterranean diet which is the best diet that we can possibly mm. follow mm. Um, people will be less likely to make those kinds of changes do you find that there's any one area that people are more uh, you know, attack more vigorously and then others that they find difficult to change in their lifestyle yeah, I actually say everyone's different, really. Yeah, right. um, so, so when some when a client starts, um, they will have completed the questionnaires, and then we'll show them the hard results. Yeah, and then uh, I'll generally ask, "Hey, look, where would you like to start?" Okay. Where, where do you think you can make the changes? Yeah. Um, it is a lot better to come come from them than it is from me. Yeah. Um, so if they start, sort of are driving to, you know, the low the low picking fruit, yeah. or the easy picking fruit. If they're going for that, that's fine. Um, but if they're really just avoiding what they need um over time we really need to sort of get there um so yeah i think there's there's a good saying that uh if you can't you must yeah um so at some point we're gonna have to face um what needs to be addressed but just go with hey some some low-hanging fruit get some momentum going they'll see the changes the trust will be built it's like hey look now i think we need to focus here what kind of um conditions and difficulties are people coming to see you about yeah. Um, so the main ones we get is sort of like uh, probably around body shape weight loss uh, is massive. Uh, and I think it's it's um, the whole approach is the holistic approach, I think, is the most sustainable long term mm. one. Um, most people have come to us with, you know, a long history of calorie counting and trying all different kinds of things. Um, so that with that, um, you do see a fair bit of mental health. And so I have worked with a fair bit of mental health. Um, so it's really anywhere from sort of weight loss to mental health to um, uh, I've seen people's injuries clear up with making sort of nutritional changes and sleep changes. Um, and then there's also a little bit of general strength and conditioning as well. So if you had somebody, for example, that came along um, and you did an assessment and it was determined from the assessment, you know, they're very sedentary, um, you know, diet with lots of, you know, carbs and um and fats and um you know things that and not very much fruit and veg and all the things that are good for us 
um, and uh, and low mood, I would imagine that you would see quite a good turnaround in that once you've, you have somebody on track and motivated and coached well to um, move around more, eat a much better diet, and their mood would inevitably lift. Would that be right? Is that the kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, I've seen some phenomenal results, and, and I really think um, – you know, it's the responsibility of the coach and the client. Yeah. Um, it's a 50-50 relationship here, right? So, you know, uh, I've got to take some responsibility and they've got to take some as well. Yeah. Um, but I have seen some phenomenal results. Sometimes um, the results aren't as high as I'd like, but then, they, then, they, then the client's actually happy with the results. Yeah. Okay. You know, so you can have sort of certain expectations. Um, but yeah, anything from you know, amazing weight loss results to amazing improvements in mental health. Um, I've seen people come off, you know, medications with the supervision of doctors um please let me reiterate that yeah, uh, yeah. and and uh yeah it's it's um yeah they're always feeling better yeah. um the, the simplest thing that i've found is once you apply these principles um just the moods the energy levels the concentration levels can just really really pick up and all of a sudden the lens that they're seeing the world in uh is clearer you know if you're driving in a car and the windscreen's dirty you think the world's dirty uh, if the windscreen gets cleaned a little bit, uh, then all of a sudden you think it's a clean, cleaner world. Um, so the lens can change, which means that the relationships can change and, and people's perception can change. Um, so the cloud can get lifted. And then when the cloud's lifted, that's when um, you can really grow and realize your potential. And it's not even, um, you know, heaps of exercise, for example, that, that can turn us around. Um, from my understanding. So I know that from um, clinical trials and studies that have been done around uh, mild to moderate depression, um, that 30 minutes of exercise three times a week, moderate exercise three times a week, can be as effective as a mild antidepressant. Yeah, look, everyone, first of all, exercise releases many feel-good hormones, um, if that's what the study is alluding to. So around um, endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, many, many feel-good hormones. Um, Secondly, um, around the weight loss, what you just spoke about, yeah. you know, and I can talk about this publicly because this client's given a te- testimonial. Yeah. But I've had a client in the last year lose 20 kilograms um, and, uh, and she hasn't lifted a weight. Right. It's literally oh, right. just been all mental, emotional healing and some minor nutritional changes. Yeah. Has not lifted one weight, only goes, she goes walking three times a week, yeah. um, 67 years old and lost 20 kilograms. That's fabulous. So it can happen. Because I was um, going to say, I was actually going to ask you at one point, I was thinking then when we, when, when we were saying that, I was thinking, oh, I must say, ask Mark, if it is possible to lose um, you know, a significant amount of weight without lots and lots of exercise, yes. asking for a friend, I was going to say. Oh, okay, Because cool. yeah, <laughs> walking's about my limit. Yeah, yeah, at the, sure. Only because of, and I know it's a really poor excuse, but because of time constraints, mm. I know it's a shocking excuse, um, but walking is about my limit at the yeah, moment. Sure. And um, yeah, so that's good to know. Well, it's all around... Um, yeah, so that, that's just one client I can yeah. call, uh, talk to publicly. Um, I've had other clients, you know, disclose some... Um, mental emotional challenges or trauma they've had in their childhood i've had clients tell me some things and that's actually triggered weight loss that's actually just triggered better mental health just them being able to voice and release the emotion because they've bottled that up for so long uh and they then must trust you over time it will either happen it will either happen uh and, and immediately or it might it hasn't happened sometimes after two years they might tell yeah. me you know so uh, so every what is it different. about you then, do you think, that you know, what, that people are opening up? They must see that you're very genuine. Maybe. I, I, I think – I hope so. Uh, yeah. And then, and yeah. then also um, I think people have an innate ability to pick up 
on who they can disclose what to, like just intuitively. Um, they can really pick that up. The best at that is probably uh, children, like young kids. They can really gravitate towards an energy that, that they feel comfortable with. Yeah, and oh, they're very good at that, aren't they? They're very yeah. good at telling the truth as well. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I must still be a child because I do it all the time and get pulled up on it. Yeah, too direct. You're too direct. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. I think I'm yeah, still yeah, a yeah. child. <laughs> um, right, so... Can we talk then a little about a little bit about your approach and how you bring all of the elements of, of holistic health together? Um, we may have to. We, I'm not sure how much detail we can go into because there, there's some pretty expansive concepts. But we'll just go through what I call um, the six foundations Brilliant. of coaching clients. That'd be fabulous. Um, and then you know you might have to guide me a little bit on how much we go into each one because we can do a podcast on each one quite. Yeah. Frankly. Well, if we do an overview, I mean, and and if people want to, because people do send us messages about our podcast and say, oh, yeah, can okay, you do sure. This? So and we can elaborate further on some. So an, yeah. an, an overview would be great, and then we can pick out the bits that we need to. Okay, sure. Um, so I'll list them now, and yeah. then we can dive into. So um, the six. Um, the first one would be sleep, so adequate amounts of sleep. Um, the second one would be um, nutrition, high quality nutrition, and good timing of food, uh, yeah. especially around mental health. Okay, um, can we focus? Can we just yeah. pick up on that part yeah, okay, then sure. now, and and then go through the rest because. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we know that gut health is really important for maintaining yeah, good sure. mental health, and we know that recently there's far more information out there that's um, uh, evidence based information that backs that up. Sure. So, um, can you talk a little bit about that for us? Yeah, sure. So, um, it's just around. Well, nutrition is literally what builds your body. It's just so vital to get quality. Where you're not getting quality, your body is. Um, working very hard to process poorly poor quality foods. So what I coach my clients is to just stick to the basics. There's a lot of information out there um, and it's around just sticking to the basics and being true to yourself. So, you know, to keep it very simply, um, I'd sort of say just stick to basic food groups of, um, you know, fruit, vegetables, legumes, um, nuts, seeds and animal foods. Um, and then everyone really has a little bit of an independent or individual need for how many of each they have. Right. So, so what combination of macronutrients? So, a macronutrient would be carbs, uh, protein, and fat. Yeah. And everyone's got a little bit of a different combination of what works for them. So, some people might be a little bit better on higher protein meals. Some might be a little bit better on a high carbohydrate meal. Um, that's just my experience coaching clients. Um, and what you can do to sort of gauge on whether that's working for you or not is whether you've got good energy, whether you've got good concentration, yeah. whether you've got really good moods. You know, this, this, um, the afternoon slump in terms of energy, um, I've had many clients clear that up just with high quality foods and good time your foods and, and, and the principles that we're talking about. Right, that's fabulous. And would it be, um, so not three meals a day, you'd be spreading out like six, six yeah, more look, meals, those uh, kinds of so, things? So, Everyone's got a slightly different tolerance. I'd say like client like clients that are probably over sixty five uh, that have a bit of a slower metabolism might go with three to three to four, yeah. um, but sort of younger than that, yeah, we look at sort of spreading out your meals and snacks. Normally, um, three main meals and maybe two snacks, yeah. um, just to get a really good metabolism going. Um, but again, sort of like around the mental health aspect. And around managing blood sugar levels, it is it is very important. So if you can get high quality food, first of all, your body's not fighting to digest it, and your gut is 
very interconnected with your brain. Um, research now shows that around about 90 to 95% of serotonin is produced in, in the, the gut. gut. That's um, right. Yeah, so it is very interconnected even through the vagus nerve of, of the uh, autonomic nervous system um, where they communicate constantly. If your gut is stressed, your brain may then start to get stressed. So, um, But I think we'll focus on that blood sugar management. So if you're eating foods and you're going for an extended period without eating, um, your blood sugar levels can crash and that can then trigger a cortisol release, so a, a stress response. Yeah, the adrenal gland will flare up and spot release on. glucose. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so spot on. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, we haven't eaten for a few hours. We're going into a stress response. Now, when the blood sugar level crashes, the body will become irritable and a little bit angry. Um, and that's the, re that's the reaction of, hey, look, we don't want to be in this position feed us or we're just going to start releasing stress hormones and all of a sudden the things that you spoke around um, start triggering so stress starts to elevate um, all of a sudden when stress starts to elevate certain areas of your brain start reacting so you go from your conscious reasoning part of the brain to complete reactive part of the brain uh, and then if you're in a work situation um, you know you're now thinking reactively and not laterally or, or creatively this is so good i love this so Right, so I'm going to, but I'm, I've already told you, I'm really direct and really, I, I, I'm an open Be direct. I'm Be an direct, Tina. Be direct. So for, for me, in <laughs> the, Tell me, any the, question you in the afternoons, um, my blood sugars will, will, will be just be all over the place, like to the point where I'll, I'll be shaking if I don't have something. Yeah, sure. And I, so I, um, I might eat. I don't can't eat breakfast first up. Just can't face breakfast first up. Yeah, sure. I'll have it, two cups of coffee. Um, and then um, I might have a, um, some yogurt or a banana or something when sure. I get in here. Yeah, sure. I'll have lunch, whatever that might be. And then by three o'clock, shaky, like yeah, sure. really shaky. So, and even if I try and be healthy and have a banana or something like that, not working. Mm. Got to be something sugary. Do I need to be balancing that out far better in terms of have eating more frequently um, and as opposed to just doing that breakfast and then lunch and then crashing and having something that's not good for you and then massive dinner? Yeah, so um, it would be around starting to think about just spreading out your meals a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I would say having a combination, so from the things you quickly told me, a combination of carbohydrate protein and fat in each meal and snack and like i said everyone's suited to a little bit of a different percentage um, which is a little bit of trial and error but so for example um the carbohydrate component is the instant energy component right and there are healthy carbohydrates i was going to ask you what's the help because to me i'm thinking yay bread yeah <laughs> but that's out. not good is go it grab, yeah, <laughs> go grab some candy <laughs> but it, you, but you're not talking about um you know bread and, and yeah i'm talking about i'm talking about um fruit which um, you know, in today's society where we're quite sedentary, you know, fruits just got to be done in uh, moderation. Yeah. Um, then you've got vegetables, which is probably the best source. Uh, and then you've got right. legumes as well, yeah, um, okay. yeah. which is, which is an excellent source. So legumes, um, are fairly high in protein as well, but you got at, at per average, I'd say it's about 60% carbs, about 40% protein for legumes. Right. So if you can have sort of like carbohydrates which is your instant energy yeah and then if you can have protein which is around building your body yeah and then if you can have some fat which is around long-term sustainable energy it also helps the carbohydrates and balances that carbohydrate hit a little bit and it'll just help it kick it out a little bit longer yeah. so it's just around having some 
balanced meals. Um, and then the part that might be a little bit slower is, okay, am I a, little bit, am I a bit more of a carbohydrate dominant yeah. or am I a little bit more of a protein fat dominant? Yeah. And everyone's different. Um, we all come from different areas of the entire world. Yeah. You know, Eskimos yeah. lived on just literally hard protein and fat. Yeah. They had a little bit of algae in the like off the rocks yeah. and a few berries in the summer. Sounds fabulous. Oh yeah. Good. <laughs> and then you've got um then you've got like, you know, your Samai uh, your Hawaiians and Samoans that were on the equator yeah. that were like, you know, had their seafood but also lots of fruit as well. So we're all as different on the inside as we are on the outside. And that's where it's become a little bit that's complicated. That's really interesting. Sure. So I've never really thought about that. So our physiology will be based on our origin uh, origins yeah i mean now it's like a little bit more mixed yeah um but um so you have to really get to know yourself but it yeah. can be based on the origin the environment your ancestrally grew up in um and so if you want to read more about that there's a couple of excellent books um there's one called nutrition and physical degeneration by dr weston a price yeah um that was written in the 30s so he actually went and traveled around to tribes right. um phenomenal book um can be a little bit hard to read he is a, he is a dentist and, and has like doctor writing okay, so, so yeah, yeah and then the other one around you know um, individual diets. There's a book called The Metabolic Typing Diet by William Walcott, who's right. done a lot of work around, hey, look, what works for what individual. Yeah. Um, so that that's the principle I apply. Yeah, and that's I the principle it. that I find um, works quite well. Um, and then it's around the individual having awareness. So that can also change with the amount of exercise they're doing, the amount of stress they're on, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. the, so the first level is just the basic. Second level is getting to know yourself. And um, if people were to to make some of these changes in their diet, people tend to like to know, like, when am I going to see results? So if people were to, um, you know, keep a journal, for example, a food journal, mood journal, I mean, journaling is just fabulous anyway, but food journal, mood journal to, to, um, to keep a track, when do you think that they could expect to, to, to be noticing some changes in level of, of energy and those kinds of things? Um, I've had, it depends on their level of change. Yeah. Um, so, you know, clients, some clients will change quicker than others. Um, I've had clients, you know, after their first session, go straight to the organic shop and buy everything, yeah. you know, and just blow the budget and go, yeah. I'm sticking to this. That'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'd do it for two days and then I'll say, oh, I need a biscuit. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, um, if you go on a high quality diet and a diet that's working for you, the changes are actually very quick. Yeah. Um, and then around the diet diary, um, if you want to get specific, the one that I give to clients if they want to get specific is around, okay, so your meals, energy levels afterwards, um, and then like what you had in your meals, um, the, the quality of sleep you got, the amount of water that you got, um, moods, and I even ask for like bowel movements as well. So yeah, it's I all know, in you're there. you're a bit of a poo expert, but with that's, <laughs> and that's going to be another podcast. We're going to do all a right, poo sure. podcast, but sure, yeah, because sure. it's all, it, you know, people need to be aware of these things. Yeah. We're all doing it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Okay, so I, I, I would talk more about that, but there's other things I want to um, focus on as well, just to make sure that we cover off on the six. So yeah, tell me. So we've briefly touched on sleep yep. um, and nutrition. So Okay. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll go going. to the next one? Yeah. So the next one I'd probably say um, probably a little bit more underestimated at the moment. So I think sleep's really come around the last few years. Yeah. Nutrition, there's a lot of awareness. I'd say the next one's hydration. Yeah, um, oh, I was just having a sip of water then. Water, I'm so really not, well good done. at hydration. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I'm the uh, hungover from last night. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's not a promise. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so hydration. So 
Uh, if you can think that there's about 10 billion biochemical reactions in our body per second, um, and they're all dependent on water. Every cell is made up of predominantly water. So it's kind of like it is so important. Um, you can even think that our brain is run on electrical charge, yeah. which is generated by water. Yeah. So where you're not having adequate amounts of water, um, your brain then becomes deficient and a little bit inefficient. Um, so this is where amount of water becomes really important. Um, then there's the other components around diuretics, around sort of coffee and alcohol as yeah. well. But I'll just sort of talk to you about adequate amounts. Yeah. And I use a formula um, from a book called The Body's Many Cries for Water uh, by Dr. Batman Jalich, if I've said that correctly. And um, on the metric system, so here in Australia, on the metric system, um, he uses a formula where a factor of 0.033 um, times your body weight. Um, so if you're 100 kilograms, yeah. that would be 3.3 liters um, okay. per day. Now, that can vary from season to season, can vary on your working environment, whether you know, you're know you exposed to the external or the internal air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, and then also um, – it, it changed a little bit based on level of exercise. So, so the standard is, you know, an hour of exercise is another liter of water. Um, but that's the formula I use for adequate amounts of water. Um, but it is vital. Uh, it is vital for things we've already spoke about around nutrition. It is vital for sleep. If you're not getting adequate amounts of water, that is sending a stress response through your body. Yeah. And then you've got all those, you know, cascade effects. Yeah. So that's the, that's another principle. Why do you think some people find it so difficult to drink water? I mean, I, 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 I'm personally, that's one thing I am quite good at, okay. you know, drinking water. Cool. Um, but my husband barely drinks any water all day, will only drink tea. Yeah. Um, some of it is just um, adapting to change yeah. because what I've found with people is that once you start getting them to drink adequate amounts of water, their thirst mechanisms really switch on and they are just driven yeah, to, to, to then get, start getting adequate amounts of water. Because he so, says he doesn't feel – he says, I'm not thirsty. Why would I drink water? I said, well, you should – you know, obviously we know the reasons why. You're just not thirsty. Yeah, so there may be dehydration um, at, at a level that, that the person's not aware of. Um, some, a really good key indicator is like really dry skin, like dry feet or dry hands. Um, that can also be around um, not having adequate, amount, adequate amounts of fats either and, and a couple other reasons. But – um, yeah, there can be people that don't have that awareness. It can also be around some people actually, um, when I've switched them from say tap water to filtered water, they're like, oh wow, this just tastes so much better. Yeah. So he'll drink sparkling water, yeah, like, yeah. but he did, yeah, he says, well, I don't like the taste. How can you not like the taste of water? Yeah. I'm I mean, the thing is, now, sometimes you've got to challenge yourself a yeah, little bit and yeah. it's, a, it, it, going back to our, you know, conversation around nutrition, um, when you introduce certain concepts, it's like, oh, wow, this is so boring and, you know, yeah. I can't do this. How am I yeah. going to get used to this? But people do get used to it uh, and then they don't want to go back afterwards. And it would almost be like, hey, look, have some adequate amounts of water for a month and then go back to what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is actually quite stressful. So, yeah. so yeah, once those thirst mechanisms switch on, um, like those conscious thirst mechanisms, definitely at a sort of unconscious level, um, your body would be screaming for water is my yeah. view anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Okay, so hydration, yep. Hydration.
So what what else have we got on? Um, on after the, that, yeah. we kind of you kind of touched on it before, which is just around adequate amounts of exercise, adequate yeah. amounts of movement. Um, so it's excellent for pumping water, blood, and oxygen around the body. Um, excellent for your metabolism. Um, excellent for getting your happy hormones pumping. Um, there's just a, a range of benefits, uh, and even like um, getting out and walking in nature or seeing trees. You know, there's been studies around yeah. how good that can be for moods as well. Um, yeah, so th- there's loads of benefits to it um, and you don't really need to – yeah, you can do uh, – what I say to clients is they're like, oh, you know, I hate it. I don't want to go to the gym, which is which is actually no problem. What I say to clients is just do the exercise you enjoy because that's actually what you're going to do regularly. Um, do what you enjoy and and it's all good. Yeah. yeah. And, and you rec- can still get results. So the recommendation um, of 30 minutes a day – no, 30 minutes three times a week – um, at a pace where you can uh, talk but not sing is what we tend to recommend when it comes to, you know, the, the very least to keep optimal mental health. Um, so it, that would be our, our base level to be working on. Does that sound about right? Yeah, um, I would actually say it depends on where the individuals are. I would say that's a, a, a minimum. Yeah, um, yeah. But it would always come down to what the individual's goals are as well. Um, what they want so you know um, you know a 20 year old male might be different to you know a 65 year old female Um, and but I think at this stage you do what you feel is right what you can do Um, and then as you mentioned before there may be some protection around it you know um, making time for it because we've all kind of got 24 hours in a day um, and it's just around you know time cannot be managed only priorities can be managed you know and you, you got me thinking now because I was thinking you know what what was it that kind of because what I used to do um, was I would get up about five in the morning sure. get straight up go out and walk my dog yeah. and my dog I love my dog Dave mm-hmm. and um, and I and I would I Every, every day, rain, shine, winter, summer, I'd get up half an hour every day. And the reason I did it was obviously I knew that, that moving around was good for me, but my motivation was because one of my neighbours used to complain that the dog barked in the day okay. and I would feel guilty that the dog mm. wasn't being exercised properly and that she was going to ring the council. That was my motivation mm. to get up and do it. They moved. Oh, okay. All oh, right. Dave's getting 30 minutes three times a week. <laughs> so I guess you've got to find your So what motivation. you're saying is I've got to put in a complaint to the council yeah. for yourself. <laughs> I need to be motivated by something that's like massively important. So it was massively important to me. Yeah. I kept thinking I was neglectful of the dog. I love yeah. this dog. I can't leave him on his own. He has to be exercised every day. I've got to do it every day. So you've got to find what your motivation is. Yeah, in the end, that's what it is. I, I know um, what you guys are promoting is you're promoting to a broader audience. Um, so I understand the message. Yeah. I guess um, um, at a sort of bit more of a deeper level, um, people will have individual needs as well. Yeah. So um, where I spoke about, hey, look, clients will fill out um, a questionnaire and see if they're in the red, yellow or green zone. Um, if they're in the red zone, walking might just be enough. If they're in the green zone, they're likely to have more energy and want to do a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so, And it just comes down to the client's goal in the end. What do they want out of it? If they want to just feel mentally better, um, the walking's excellent. Yeah. The walking's absolutely excellent. And then I'd say more than that, do what you enjoy um because that's the best exercise yeah definitely yeah okay so what do we got next okay cool so i think we've covered four and we've got two more to go yeah um so the next one 
uh, is a little bit of a byproduct of the others. So it's just literally, and it seems really simple, it's just the correct breathing pattern. Oh, which, I, this is this is gold. Talk this to is us gold about Tina. Yeah, it is. Because we talk about breathing all the time <laughs> when right, it comes okay. to anxiety management and yeah, stress sure. management. Okay, sure, sure. And people underestimate the importance of breathing and how yeah. most people don't breathe correctly. And we, So, yes. So let's go through it. And, yeah. and I know you mentioned to me um, in the preparation for this that you've had someone on here do some meditation, uh, like a meditation podcast. Uh, um, yeah, we did. We did. We touched on mindfulness and meditate, but we want to bring. We want to do a, a, a podcast focusing on that completely okay. um, as well. But yeah, we have touched on that in a okay. number of different podcasts we've done. Yeah. Ah, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. Oh, look, um, the last pillar that I'm going to talk about is around sort of stress management challenges, thoughts. So we'll touch on that then. Um, but right now, we'll just focus on the breathing component. So on breathing, uh, we have around about. 25,000 breaths per day, okay? And our breath is actually our biggest detoxification pathway. So if you can think like 70% of our detoxification comes through our breath, uh, including fat cells as well, Um, 20% comes through our skin, and then actually only 10% comes through our defecation, so our urine and and defecation. Right. Back to poo again. (laughs) Yeah. I promise we'll do a poo podcast. Yeah, okay, sure. (laughs) So it's it's a massive part of it. Mm. Now, if you've got an inverted breathing pattern, um, it can be as a result of not applying the principles we've already spoke about. So what's an inverted breathing pattern? Yeah, okay, sure. So what I coach um, people to do is to breathe the first two-thirds of their breath through their belly and then the last third through their chest and the chest would kick in incidentally okay so so yeah the belly breathing we i get so um put getting the diaphragm to 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 expand and the belly comes out when when it comes into that last part into the chest um is i always thought i always imagined there to be kind of and i know there's not there's two parts to your lung so the part that just genuinely fills up and then if and then you, we need to fill up the last part. Mm. Is that wrong? so? So, that- so you'd you'd instigate the breath from the from the belly, the diaphragm sort of area, yeah. and then the last part will come through the lungs. The lungs are operating the whole time, yeah. Um, yeah. but you really want to fill your belly with air. Yeah. Now I'll tell you the reason why. Um, because if you're breathing through your chest only, yeah. that is a stress response to the body, okay? So for example, and I'm just going to tie it back to the last four principles, if those aren't applied, um, you may have a slightly more inverted breathing pattern um, because you're on a stress state, you're in a stress state, okay? So if you're not having adequate amounts of water, you may then kick over to a stress state. Oh, right, it just per- that's a perfect link. So that, that's, yeah. that's the link around yeah. the holistic principles. So when you sort of said at the start of the podcast, hey, look, what is holistic? It's literally applying all of them yeah. because if one of them, you just knock off, then, yeah, then the gonna, others go. It's going to be out of kilter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, if you're breathing predominantly through your belly or the pattern we spoke about, so first yeah. two-thirds through your belly, last third through your chest, Right. if you're doing that breathing, um, breathing through your belly will activate or trigger your parasympathetic nervous system or your rest and digest part of the nervous system okay um when you're and and even um air going through the nostril brushing past those little like um, hairs that will activate your parasympathetic nervous system where you become a chest breather that then activates your sympathetic nervous system so that's then sending a a fight or flight response response, yeah through the body okay oh you you explain that perfectly yeah okay good i'm glad i'm glad it's like that yeah so if you um if you're in a relaxed state, um, ideally just that belly breathing can be really, really beneficial. And it's something I 
teach clients um, quite quickly in the process. And it's actually the first stage of meditation anyway. And we may come to that. We may discuss that. So, um, yeah, it's just vital for, especially around that sort of stress reaction. Uh, and then, so for example, um, you know, this podcast around mental health and in the workplace and so forth, if people are going through stress responses, they're reacting reactionary. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, look, take a minute, take 30 seconds, take some belly breaths. You will already notice you'll start to think more laterally. You know, the blood will move around your brain into the right areas. Just start thinking a little bit more reasonably um, and then see it for what it is. See it as a challenge, see it as an opportunity for growth. Uh, and it's just a matter of just taking a little bit of time to, to focus on the breath. Yeah. It's funny because sometimes um, when we work with clients that experience high levels of stress and anxiety and we talk about sure. breath a lot yeah, sure. and the importance of breathing properly and, and uh, some people will say, if I focus on my breath, I feel worse and and I think that's because what we actually focus on is our symptoms not our breath so if we focus on our breath we're, we're actually removing our attention to other stimuli and then and what it tends to do is bring attention to our the symptoms of the stress response which is temporary if we continue on with the with the rhythmic breathing or whatever breathing response that we're applying um, that focus on our symptoms lessens because it's a natural way of bringing the stress response down mm, yeah exactly so um um, I would then advise people, hey, look, just focus on the belly coming up and coming out. So breathing in, expanding the belly, yeah. and then breathing out, relaxing the belly. That's all you need to focus on. Um, it can be really good to start the day, and that can just put you into a little, a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a better pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even at the end of the day or when you get home from work or whatnot, just to kind of reset a little bit. And is it better that people breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth? I know that just sounds like an odd thing to say, but there are some people that will naturally be mouth breathers and naturally be nose breathers. And then it feels a little alien to to breathe in through the nose and then force it out through the mouth. Yeah. So I I will coach my clients to breathe in through the nose, breathe out through the nose. Yeah. Uh, And then a little bit more mouth breathing is again, can be a little bit more stress response, although that's generally breathing in through the mouth. So, um, so I just like to keep it simple, try and go all nostril. Yeah. And then you've got the complicated, um, cases where people might have, you know, nasal disruptions of some kind. Yeah. 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 Breath. So important. And people think it's funny that, you know, we're reminding people to breathe all the time. Yeah. Breathing. No, you're yeah, not. Yeah. You're so it's not just, breathing. It's just, yeah, it's just around, um, um, yeah, just correcting any kind of inverted breathing pattern can make a massive difference. And if people have got sort of anxiety mm. coming up, this can be an excellent way. You're breathing through your belly. That's triggering the parasympathetic nervous system. Great. You're just going into a calm response straight up. Um, can be really good in so many situations. Yeah. yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. Great. So breath. Breath. Yes. So where do we go <laughs> About 25,000 a day, so, yeah. so it'd be good to master it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think you know how to do it, yeah, you yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the last one um, can be a little bit of a black box. This is around thoughts, you know, stresses, yeah, challenges. Very important. Sure. So um, first of all, um, I'd probably like to call it challenges um, because if we call it stresses or if I call it stresses, that can just – you just think you might be stressed. Yeah. Right? So let's call them challenges and – and then see them as a kind of foundation for growth. Now, if there's no threat to your food, shelter, or water, mm-hmm. um, that is a that is the main stress that that the body should really be reacting to. Everything else, or a lot of other things, is mainly challenge and reasons to grow. Now, that can be very hard to reason with someone when they're in a, when they're in a really sort of challenging state. Yeah. Um, but it's just around even what we just spoke about before: taking some time out, 
just take some belly breaths and see how you can grow from these challenges. So on the challenge component, um, I would say that there's conscious challenges. So, you know, day to day. Uh, then I would say there's a little bit more of the unconscious side, um, which is around things of, you know, self-defeating behavior. Um, how much self-love do you have for yourself? Um, those kind of things. And so people um, will often be okay with kind of being familiar with their uh, conscious thinking. You know, if we were asked someone to focus on their thought, um, on their thought patterns and then say, you know, to try and uncover maybe what might be raising their stress levels or causing them to feel anxious. And then they say, but well, I've got nothing going on that's stressful for me. Everything's fine. Then the likelihood is it's the unconscious thinking patterns that are, sure. that are they're impacting. And then people, are, I don't want to go there. Mm. I don't want to go there. Mm. But we know that, you know, thoughts lead to feelings and feelings lead to mm. behavior. I mean, it's, it's, it's at the heart of everything. Mm. And, and often, um, and we talk a lot about this um, on our mental health awareness workshops and, and some of the presentations we do, um, that everybody tends to think that every thought is a fact. What you alluded to there is something called the ego, uh, which, which is a term uh, coined by, I think, Sigmund Freud. Mm. Um, so you're, te- you're dealing with the ego. So the ego is building up you know, over a lifetime builds up certain barriers and thought patterns um, from birth, okay? And it is supposed to be there. Um, without, our ego is our identity. Um, but like all things, you know, there, are, there is a positive and a negative. There's a polarity to, to the ego, yeah, right? Yeah. Like all things on the planet. So, um, so we're talking about going into the ego. Now, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one because the ego is very defensive and will violently oppose any kind of suggestions because these are the barriers people have built up to protect themselves. Um, so there's really one of two things you go through. You either um, see, seek help from a therapist coach or you do the internal work. Mm. Now, the only thing that can really or the only thing that can really bring to rise to someone, hey, look, you might be engaging in some self-defeating behaviors here. Unfortunately, is normally pain and challenge. Mm. That's what will bring the unconscious to the conscious of, hey, I need, I've actually out of balance here. I need, to, I need to do something. Um, and there's loads of techniques that you can do to, to um, go into your unconscious a little bit. So, for example, a simple one that people can do at home, and again, this, this podcast is around mental health and, and you know, geared towards the workplace, um, is just asking the question why. So if you can think of the ego um, having like a, a like having like a barrier, like you've got like guard dogs. There's actually a few guard dogs in this area, so I'll use the guard dog analogy, no, they're right? they're barking everywhere, aren't they, today, yeah. <laughs> a few guard dogs in this area. So if you kind of got these guard dogs um, and when you go and tread closer to the ego wall, it will kind of like lift its upper lip and you'll see its teeth yeah. about to come and bite you. So what you can do is – um, start asking the question, why? Like, why is something not working for me? Why am I not getting this job promotion that I wanted? Why am I feeling this way mentally? Mm. Start asking yourself that kind of question. Um, that's the first way. And you can do that through journal writing, for example, and just let it all flow out. Um, you touched on meditation. Mm. Meditation is excellent for quietening the ego. The ego wants to stay busy. Mm-hmm. You're just quietening the ego. It's almost like those guard, do- guard dogs have gone to sleep and you kind of jump over them a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's around, first of all, I think my advice to people would be using pain as a teacher, um, using challenge as a teacher and like, okay, where can I get back in a balance here? Where am I out of balance? And the self-defeating behaviors, I've seen just about everything, I think. Yeah. You know, and it all comes back down to, always comes back down to, um, you know, self-worth, self-love in the end. 
This, 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 we do, we, I know we all self-sabotage. Yeah. And I know I, my, my, the biggest thing I say, there's two, two areas I know I self-sabotage on every single day. Oh, wow. One of them is um, the exercise thing. Yeah, sure. I used to exercise, I used to be an avid exerciser. Mm. Um, I, I'd, I'd be, you know, at the gym or uh, running. I used to love running. I'd be running all the time. I used to do boot camps and boxing and all of that. Mm. And then, um, you know, work kind of picked up and got really busy. And, 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 you know, this, this business that, and, and everything that we do here is so important to all of us. Mm. Like, it's just the, one of the, the best things that we've got going on in our lives. And we, we're good friends. We go on holiday together. Yeah. We socialize together. It's the best. Mm. And I, and every day I talk myself out of doing more exercise. So that's one thing I know that I'm self-sabotaging and I need to be asking myself why. Mm. And I, and I, and I know it, I'm tired and all of these, and I know I won't be tired if I go and do it. And I know all of that. So I probably need to ask myself why about that. And the other is I am a smoker and everyone that knows me knows oh, I am yeah. a smoker. Yeah. And, and I will rationalize and say to myself, you know, you're not 25 anymore. You know, you, you, you can't afford to be smoking and you, uh, it's killing you. It's a terrible example to set to people. It's a really unprofessional thing to do if I'm going into a business and then nipping out at lunchtime and having a quick fag, spraying the perfume around, having a mint and going back here. You know, I, I've got to give this up. I've got to give this up. But there's always a, yeah, I might do that tomorrow. I might do that tomorrow. Yeah, okay, sure. So I guess I need to be asking myself the why question around mm. that as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. So um, the smoking one could be complicated, so we, we'll leave that potentially for another date. We could uh, do, yeah, we'll see how many podcasts could we do about this? We could do sleep, smoking, That's pooping. it, that's yeah. it. So there's a lot of techniques I use for smoking. Um, right. And then there's, um, we'll go around the exercise component because I think this is um, maybe a bit more relevant to to the to the audience. Yeah. So around mental health, you know, workplace. Yeah. Um, so. It's a good problem that you have because you love your work, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you've just got your priorities somewhere else at the moment. Yeah. But I would sort of, where you're saying am I self-sabotaging, the objective question you've got to ask yourself is um, at what capacity am I running at the moment? Am I running at 100% yeah. or, or am I running at 50%? Okay, so, you know, the analogy I use with clients is oh, I'm working 10 hours a day and I said, what are you running at? Oh, I'm running at about 50%. I said, okay, good. So if you did nine hours a day, took a bit of time exercise, took a bit more time, get more sleep, half an hour, half an hour, um, nine hours at 100%, you're doing nine hours of productivity compared to five hours of productivity when you're tired, um, which one do you want to do? Um, yeah, you so, got it. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. me. <laughs> so, you know, it, where yeah. you've got full energy, you know, you might be at work a little bit less, um, but you'll be um, a lot better for it. Um, you'll be able to think laterally. People will like to deal with you a little bit better. Um, you'll be a little bit more creative, a little bit more motivated. And no one sometimes really knows how tired and, and run down they are until they take a holiday or until they actually start applying some of these principles. Yeah. Um, so there's an excellent, there's really an excellent um, uh, saying I love to use, and I think it's from the book, uh, if I say it correctly, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah, People yeah, by Stephen yeah. uh, Covey. Yeah. And he talks about a concept of sharpening the saw. Um, so if you went down to a, a tree field and just started, you know, a, a you know, paddock of trees and just started chopping down trees all day without spending time to sharpen your saw, it would take a very long time. Whereas if you stopped every so often, you know, sharpen the saw, or i.e. in this in this real world uh, or in this conversation we're having, you know, glass of water, um, some high quality food, and then went again, um, the your productivity would just escalate. Oh, it was sold. 
Sold? Yeah. Sold, Tina? I'm picking good. up what you're putting down. I'm okay. getting... Yeah, that's cool. so good. <laughs> Excellent. That was an easy sell. Yeah, that was really good, actually. That makes perfect sense. Um, so have we covered the six? Yes, we have. Yeah. So I'll just list them again. So yeah. um, first one's around sleep. So we kind of yeah. touched on that. Um, we probably spent the less time, least time on that, and yeah. I know you guys have focused we're on that very, a little bit. We're always talking about sleep. Yeah, sure. So yeah. there's an excellent book called, um, uh, for those who are interested, Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. Uh, he talks about mental. He talks from anything from mental health to hospital rosters to the moods of CEOs and their effects on sleep. He talks about um, you know people in parliament, the effects on sleep. There, he's done a lot of research. Talks right. about why we dream, um, oh, all that I love kind of all stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So if anyone wants to delve into that further, they can. Um, uh, and then, so the first one was sleep. Second one we spoke about was nutrition. Yeah. Uh, third one was hydration. Yeah. Um, fourth one was movement. Yeah. Uh, the fifth one was breathing and, and ideally having a correct breathing pattern. Yeah. And the last one was around thoughts, you know, challenges, um, which can be a little bit of black box, but um, can be very exciting and some excellent opportunities for growth yeah. there. And there are some really good books out there about um, thought patterns and, and understanding cognition. And the one that we recommend is a book by a, a lady called Sarah Edelman called Change okay. Your Thinking. Okay. Okay. Really, great. it's a really easy out. book to read. Yeah, sure. Um, and applies the principles of cognitive behavior therapy yeah, around yeah. you know paying attention to our thinking. Yeah, sure. And not believing every thought, but challenging some thoughts. Yeah, sure. Um, that are you know self defeating in some way or yeah. or barriers that, that you know and messages that we've got from experiences growing up that we continuously tell ourselves as adults yeah sure exactly yeah. spot on so uh, and with that um there's so many modalities out there i would just sort of say what resonates with the individual yeah you know? there's yeah. so many modalities out there just there what, what's resonating for you at yeah. the moment and then that modality won't work for you after a while and you might try something else yeah and yeah. then you might go back to something else. Yeah. So it's just around, you know, we're all in a healing process here. It's just around trying these things yeah. and, and, and seeing what's working for you at the time. Um, agree, because for some people, when it comes to challenging faulty thinking, doesn't it's just not, not a good fit. And, and, and then we would suggest to those people they might want to look at Russ Harris's work, The Happiness oh, sure. Trap, yeah, sure, um, sure. and Acceptance Commitment Therapy, which is still focusing on thought mm. um, and challenging uh, the challenging thoughts that we have and the negative thoughts that we have, but not not making a challenge on them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so sure, sure. Uh, really interested in that kind of um, Yeah, it's fascinating. We, no, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. we love that. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so of the six areas that we've looked at, what's the most difficult for you? Or do, have you found that you've got yourself in balance now? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I would say that it's never perfectly in balance. Um, if you're going to go, it's almost like, if you're perfectly in balance, it would almost be like trying to ride a bike without pedaling. You know, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so there's always going to be things thrown out a little bit. Uh, and the main one, you know, if you can keep five of the ones that we spoke about, and then thoughts would be the challenging one. Yeah. Um, you're in a lot. You're a lot better equipped to deal with your thoughts if you've got the other five. Yeah. Pretty, pretty key. So I'd say the first five we mentioned are generally pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one around thoughts is around okay, where can I challenge myself? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm doing this for work. Where's the next step? So it's always around challenging yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably say that's where I do most of my work at this point. Now, by applying the first five principles, um, 
it makes it a lot easier to go into the unconscious mind. Um, the cloud is lifted. You can really analyze yourself then. You don't have a, you know, a, a murky sort of view on things. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, well, you're safe because you've, you, you've got yourself into a stable position with the other, other areas and you're safe to tackle the ones that are more difficult then. Yeah. You've got a good yeah, foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. even a, uh, like, there's a point where I actually just really enjoy it, to be honest. Yeah. Enjoy the process, the ups and the downs. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, what do you do for self-care? What's your personal self-care practices? Uh, personal self-care, I absolutely love to meditate. Um, I do that most days. Uh, and there's a couple of different modalities around um, massage, acupuncture, and I'd probably even say just go on the, the beach. The beach is like my healing place. Like I can just lie down there and I just yeah just collapse on the sand and just get a lot of thinking done and just a lot of relaxation done. So... They would probably be my main things for self-care. Uh, I'm also a pretty social person as well, so spending time with family and friends is, uh, yeah, is always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always always good fun. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, there's there's a lot of things that we could probably. I mean, I could definitely go back and and, and talk more about the other elements, but um, I think I say this every time I podcast. Time's not my friend, uh, <laughs> and it isn't. It, it really isn't. Sure. Um, so if people wanted to find out more about the work that you do, Mark, how can they find out more about that? So they can go on to um, our business website, which is um, corehealthcoaching.com.au. Uh, and I've got my um, own, they can see my own individual page there. Um, and then we're available for coaching. Um, I'm available for lecturing and consulting as well. I've really, really enjoyed that. And, and we would like you to come back. Oh, maybe sure. if we could focus on, uh, on, you know, one of the other areas and if anybody's got, you zero know, one, 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 yeah, yeah zero or, one. Just, sure. you know, or one or two, maybe pick up on. Yeah, sure. That'd be sure. really good. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. And then if anyone's listening, wants to um, make a suggestion to us on where we yeah, focus on, we'll fine. do that um, yeah. and, you know, go into it in a bit more depth. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you very much, Tina. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcenter.com.au.